if you used a questionnaire to determine the risk in your portfolio, is it really the right one for you? We're going to talk about it coming up on the show next. From the streets of San Antonio, straight to your wallet, it's Jake's Two Cents on Jake of All Trades. All right, welcome back. My name is Kirk, and I'm not a financial expert. But I'm Jake. I am the financial expert. And together, Kirk and I talk about financial planning. We talk about the economy, and we review financial articles, all with the express purpose of helping our listeners build wealth both today and into the future. Now, today we're going to be talking about risk tolerance. <laughs> Super so sexy, yeah. but very important, I think. Like, you know, it's it's one of those things that people, you know, they it, they have difficulty translating what that means. Mm-hmm. You know, like we can come up with highly conservative, moderately aggressive, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, but the what does that really mean in your heart, in your, you know, yeah. goosebumps that you get waking yeah. up in a sweat at night? Like, how do you translate stuff like that? How do you think about this, these emotional aspects and our emotional relationship to money? You know, mm-hmm. and, and we can, I heard this recently in a TED talk about fundraising, uh, thinking about people's relationship to money psychologically. And it comes out like you places you could think about it in your life as just an in person, not a CFP, just a, you know, your everyday life are things like, how do you feel when you're with a group of four five, six people and the bill comes and they just, they just put one bill on the center of the table, right? Like, and there's like, thanks. And then you have to figure out what to do. How yeah. do you, how do you, what, what happens to your heart? Do you like, Oh crap, I'm gonna have to pay for stuff. I didn't want to pay for, or, you know, like, dude, you know, like I, I've been with like very, uh, people people who don't seem to have any co- problem with money and they just like oh, just figure it out and they throw their card down and mm-hmm. you know whatever like and yeah. that's all, that's one way of doing it some people like I had to get their calculator put the little hat on to their their counting calculator like, <laughs> okay. okay you got this you, you have the wine yeah, yeah you had you had one sip of wine I only had two so I'm gonna pay for it I'm like okay <laughs> like, calm down and so like there's different attitudes toward money and. You know, there's there's things that when you're working with the CFP, you need to think about. So since you are a CFP, yeah, you know, how do you get to know people's overall risk tolerance? And then what are some things that you need to know that most people have difficulty telling you? So first, mm-hmm. what do you do? What do most CFPs do? And then second, what's the missing piece? Yeah, good question. So the... We'll start with, mo- I, I can't really say most CFPs, but okay. the, the tool that's out there are something called risk tolerance questionnaires. And now they have technology, software to help with that. But essentially those, those programs and questionnaires are designed to illustrate to you tolerance bands with comfort of investment loss, right? So just in, it's taking a pure, numerical perspective on if my portfolio went down 10%, how would I feel and how would I react? If it went up 10%, how would I feel and how would I react, right? So it creates some scenarios and then you're supposed to gauge, you know, how you feel in those scenarios. So that's one aspect, I think, of assessing risk tolerance. Because I think that risk tolerance questionnaires are important because you need to know that information about the client. 
But the second thing that I do is I like to ask probing questions about your history with money. And that includes like your family history with money because hmm. sometimes that creates biases as part of growing up and existing. Can you give us an example? It, yeah. So like if you grew up in a household where your your daddy took care of all the finances and <laughs> why'd you have to go daddy, into the Texas slang? I don't know. It just sounds familiar. Uh, daddy yeah. had the investments portfolio and then daddy made a wrong investment choice and we lost everything, right? Mm. Now I have a narrative in my head that I'm going to probably be someone that's really conservative when I finally get my own money. I might not want to invest in stocks because I'm scared of what happened to daddy, right? And so, but if I just assessed you on that questionnaire, then I wouldn't know that information about your history, right? And so, Sometimes when I ask those questions, people will talk about it and then they can all of a sudden see the connection. Now we I can see. understand, well, okay, but you're trying to, you know, put this hundred thousand dollars in a, in a bank account when really you don't need this for another 15 or 20 years. It doesn't make sense to be in a bank account. Try to eliminate that historical bias. Okay. Another thing, another thing I do is find out what the objective for these dollars is, right? And it can't be just the amorphous retirement. No, that doesn't really work for me. I want to know what does that look like? Does that mean early retirement? Does that mean you want to buy a piece of property and retire there? If we can better illustrate what we're saving and investing for, we can keep that objective in mind. It's a lot easier to create an investment strategy that you can stick with because then if the market is doing something that you're uncomfortable with, we can still look at projections and say, hey, we're within our tolerance band of still getting you to where you need to be. But if I don't know where you're trying to go, then it's really hard for me to give you that confidence when things aren't good to say, it's okay. Well, let's just ride out the storm. So a lot of this risk... Um, analysis has to do specific, not broadly with financial planning, although it does, but but specifically with investment, right? That's Correct. what we're talking about here. The the highly conservative, the moderately aggressive, you know, it's what kind of if someone's like wants to be really aggressive with their their earning, right? Right. And that that's one thing that you have to consider. But that's but then you would have to think about um, their broader long-term financial goals as well. Right. So it's mm -hmm. not like financial planners are not just dealing with investing your money. Correct. It's also like, you know, how much to put in your savings, how many months should you hold of, and how much should you hold for on, on, in your, you know, uh, in cash so that you're ready when you need it right away and things mm -hmm. of that nature. So it's, I think there's, you know, we talk about this all the time, but there's still, the general view of CFPs is like they're who I call to take money out of my investment account or to put money into it. Right. That's what I think but, a lot of people think of still. And I think that that's the way that these risk tolerance questionnaires are designed. For. That's what they're thinking it's, about. That. Yeah. yeah. That's what they're thinking about. So it's really important that you go through the exercise of looking at the investments in the context of your overall life so that it's an integral piece but it's not the entire picture. And that way, your risk assessment and your understanding of the risk in this portion of my plan, I, I perceive it differently 
Now, when I put it in the context of, well, I have my $20,000 emergency fund over here and I have my house that's almost paid for over here and I have, you know, my portfolio of CDs over here. So now all of a sudden this piece of my pot that's moving in the wrong direction, I'm not too nervous about it because I have all these no. other pots that I have working. Yeah, because I think the issue that some in this article we're reading, some CFPs are finding or what they have found over the years is they would, you know, do this questionnaire with somebody. So I would, you know, me as a client, I would do the questionnaire and say, oh, Kirk is very aggressive with his, you know, he's in his uh, risk tolerance, which I probably would be in general, I think. Yeah. Um, maybe, well, maybe moderately. I don't think I'd be very aggressive. But anyway, so, but they were, then the CFP would be like, okay, I'm going to put you in this fund uh, because you, you feel comfortable with the chance of losing 10 to 20% of your wealth. And then we went, well, what? What do you mean? Right. <laughs> right. And it's like, wait, 10 to 20%. What are you talking about? And it's like, well, but that's what this fund is possible of losing over the next right. two to five years. Right. So you have to be comfortable with the chance, you know, willing to lose 10 or 20% of this fund right here that we're about to put in. And uh, now it could go up, but this is an aggressive fund. So it could go down 10 to 20%. Mm -hmm. And so then, then the person's, you know, with the reality of the problem. And then you get all these issues that, people don't think about when it comes to their finances and, and their wealth, right? Mm -hmm. Like they don't, people, we've talked about this before, but people don't think about risk in terms of loss, like really losing it. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's, I don't know, you know, like if you have a risk of dying, I mean, that means you could die. <laughs> like right. I don't think you, I don't think people like, really think that they might actually die but it's like yeah if you get on this boat you could actually not come back it's possible and they're like yes some people yeah. i th sometimes think don't really understand that that means that they think like oh it's just a risky thing like, oh you know mm -hmm. i just go on this and it's risky it's like yeah but mm -hmm. the, there's a chance that the risk happens that the bad thing you know there's a 20 percent chance that the bad thing you don't want to have happen will actually happen well, that's not right, right. <laughs> so, so you have to you have to there's a part of acknowledging reality that's very challenging here I think for yes, some people. I agree. And I think that the risk tolerance questionnaire in its simplest form doesn't do a good job of putting all of that negative risk chance in con proper context. So, because really ultimately what the investor wants to know is, okay, I understand there's the chance for loss, but is that going to make my ability to accomplish whatever the goal is not possible, right? Yeah. Or is that just going to be one of the obstacles that we have to take and endure, but still ultimately to get to where I want to be? And so having that conversation in the context of the greater plan is why it's so important. And that's where you need to be open with whoever your investment or your financial professional is so that they're not just setting your expectation on these specific dollars. So there's something else that our firm does. It's a little different. We don't really like to use these terminologies of an investor being conservative or moderate or aggressive huh. because that's sort of like adopting an identity with only a certain portion of your portfolio, right? Because it's oft, it's not uncommon that you might have a your 401k, you're an aggressive investor in your 401k, but that's because your time horizon is 30 years from now. 
But in the greater context of your overall wealth, I keep a lot of cash on hand because I, I, it just makes me comfortable. And so then when you look at the overall mix, you're not really an aggressive investor. But if my risk tolerance with my advisor is aggressive, now I feel like I'm an aggressive investor. So mm. what we do is we assign investment objective. What's the objective of this money? And what is it trying to accomplish? Is it growth oriented? Is it income oriented? Is it income and growth oriented? What are the balancing effects of what the dollars need to be doing for you rather than what type of investor are you and therefore will assign a portfolio mix for you? Yeah, so so much of this is having to do with the state of the new, more modern world. Because I think yeah. in the past, the idea was, you know, you get a job, you make your investments, you retire, you get your gold watch, and then you die. But mm -hmm. life is more complicated in the modern world you can't do that. You have to think more clearly about what you're going to invest in, how much you want to get out of that, how the changing world is going to affect that, how you need to prepare for the schisms and the breakups in the marketplace and the falls and the climbs and you know the bad things that are going to happen in your life and all those types of things. You need to kind of have a good plan that will help you sail around those complicated parts of life. And so yep. that that seems to be the real issue of what, you're trying to do and the you know this advice that we're talking about here is ultimately advice on how to evaluate a CFP you're going to hire in a sense because one yeah. way to think about it is um, you know one way this article puts it is IQ versus EQ right mm -hmm. so it's like the surveys that just kind of here's here's 50 questions answer these questions then you get your answer of highly conservative, moderately aggressive. And then that's the kind of mutual fund we invest in. You know, mm -hmm. wipe your hands, go move on to the next client. And the, yep. the problem with that is, of course, there's all these other underlying emotional things, uh, behavioral things, like your relationship to money that you got from your parents, what you're trying to overcome. You know, your, your, your own experiences, if you're, especially if you're in your 30s and 40s already, right? You, you have your own history. So what's your history? Did you um, trust the market at a really bad time and then lose everything and then some, you lost your house because of it in your late 20s? So you had a house for a couple of years, but then you lost it because the market went down. Or, you know, so that's going to affect you. So there's a whole bunch of little issues that you have to deal with that mm -hmm. this is important. And so when you're looking for to hire a financial planner, you want to look for somebody who has the IQ tools, the the specific quantitative data-driven methodology, but you also want somebody who has the emotional uh, tools and thinking yep. and know-how to understand where you're coming from, what you want, what you want to achieve, your hopes, dreams, and fears, in other words. Correct. Yep, exactly right. Yeah, that's a really good point. So keep that in mind, especially, you know, this is super common with like the, the rise of robo-advisors. We've done episodes on robo-advisors before, which is just computer algorithms and low cost. But this is the type of sort of engagement that you go through with those services is, you know, a questionnaire and an output, and then you put your money in that output. So mm -hmm. having that human element, that EQ is really critical to making sure that your risk tolerance on your investments is Oops, appropriate. Yeah, um, 
Yeah, and I think that's actually what they're talking about here. The uh, like websites like Riskalyze and Finometrica, which I think are great tools. And and as AI improves, and as you know, they, they will probably get even better. But it'll never never replace the human element, which I yeah. think is making it making it better for you to achieve the full life that you want. So all these tools are supporting that you know, grander objective of what you're trying to achieve. And you should use the tools to come up with these types of things and then build on them based on your emotional aspects and what you're trying to achieve. Exactly. Right. Yep. Exactly said. Perfectly said. (laughs) All All right. right, guys. Well, that wraps up this episode of Jake of All Trades. Be sure to check us out on social media by searching for at Jake's Two Cents and check out the blog at jakestwocents.com. Take care. We'll see you next time. Securities and advisory services offered through Commonwealth Financial Network. Member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Fixed insurance products and services offered through CES Insurance Agency. Actual performance and results will vary. These interviews do not constitute a recommendation as to the suitability of any investment for any person or persons having circumstances similar to those portrayed. Consult a financial advisor regarding your specific circumstances.